time given, a task that only Jesus can fulfill. You know, the title of my message is The Edge Ministry Redefined. How in the world do you do that? And so I've been praying about this thing and, 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 and studying and meditating and praying some more. And I figured, I can't do this. I don't know of any one individual that can redefine the Edge Ministry. Now, you had some great lessons, great classes. Remember when re-entering the race, re-evaluating yourself, redirecting your focus, rethinking relationships. Uh, you had classes on everything, how to make money, how to get out of debt, how to get past the IRS. I mean, you had classes on everything. <laughs> so you covered the full spectrum of, of, of everything this, these couple of days. And so I just want to send you home uh, with, with some encouragement because what I'm seeing is a redefined edge ministry. And we just need to figure out how to take it to the next level. Now, I do have one main point as to how we can redefine the edge ministry, which I'm going to talk about in a second. Because Jesus does say this to all of us. He says, you're the light of the world. A city set on a hill. He says, that city cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. So I believe that our as ministry is to be a light to the world. That we're to show the world what it means to be single and to still be content and to still be happy and to still be successful and to not sit around moping and licking your wounds. But this is a glorious stage of life that God has blessed us with and we're going to live it to the full while we're in this stage of life. That's the attitude that we need to have. That we need, we must look through the eyes of faith and vision and not through the eyes of cynicism and doubt. We must see every difficulty as an opportunity to give glory to God. Now we've got to have that, that positive, faithful spirit, as Jesus says. In Matthew 5, 17, Jesus says, Do not think that I've come to abolish the law or the prophets. I've not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. And if you read Matthew chapter 5, you see that Jesus started redefining things. He changed things. He redefined love. He redefined forgiveness. As a matter of fact, He told them, you know, if you find out or discover that your, your brother has something against you, you leave your gift at the altar and go and get right with your brother. He redefined purity. He says that even if a man lusts after a woman in his heart, he's already committed adultery. He raised it to a whole other level. He redefined dealing with your enemies. You know, he says, you heard that was said, you know, an eye for an eye. Hate those who hate you and love those who love you. And he went on and says, no. Love your enemies. 
And if someone wants to take your clothes and ask you to walk another mile, you, you, you surrender. I mean, just radical teaching that Jesus came to show us what it really means to give glory to God. And so I want to encourage us to take it to another level today. As we seek to build and continue to build a ministry that gives glory to God. A ministry that we should be proud to be a part of as we seek to do the Lord's will. And here is the key. Are you ready? Yeah. This is how you redefine the edge ministry. Get ready, church. You redefine it. In your present state of life. I didn't ask 
ask you, are you praying to be happy? Or do you hope to be happy? Are you on the journey to being happy? Now Jesus says this stuff. He says, think I'm going to see them kill and destroy, but I come that they have life and have it to the full. I'm challenging you that you want to redefine the edge ministry, make a decision to be happy today. Don't live in the past. Don't dwell on the past. Don't stop even bringing up the past and move forward. Don't live in the future. Don't worry about tomorrow. What does the Lord say? Each day has enough trouble of its own. So many people live in tomorrow. One day, one day, one day, one day. What about today? Live in this moment. This is the only moment you have. Make it your best moment of your life. Live in this moment. Live now. And don't, don't live your life hoping for something else. Except to go to heaven. Are you happy today? Are you fulfilled today? Be real. I asked the sister this last Sunday, and she told me, she said, I am not happy. And I felt bad. Because I wish there was something I could do to make her happy. But you see, happiness is not a destination, it's a way of life. Places people look for happiness in their next purchase. You know, I was complimenting a sister before I came up here on her nice shoes. Multicolored shoes. And if you're waiting for your next pair to get happy, that's a fleeting happiness. Now, you feel good for the moment. That's okay. Your next paycheck. And I hope it's bigger than the one you got before. But you can't live that way. Because you only get maybe 24 of those a year, maybe once a month for some of us. In the next relationship, when's that going to come? Some people in their next workout, but if I can just redefine my body, we were talking about that a little bit later. If I can lose another inch, then I'll be happy. Dream on. In their next job, in their next vacation, and I'm all for vacations. But how many of them do you take every year? See, God just doesn't want you to be happy every season. He wants you to be filled with joy every single day. That doesn't mean there are challenges. But it means that you've learned that because of my relationship with God, there's a joy, a fulfillment inside of me that no And I'm walking with him. Be happy. No one wants to join the company of a oppressed and downtrodden ministry. I took a brother to a movie the other day. And the reason I took him to the movie is because I wanted to see him watch the movie. I said, well, I want you to go to this movie with me. Now, I had already seen it, but I didn't tell him. I told him. And the movie was the farm, the new, uh, the new uh, Jack and Charlie movie. So I took him to the movie, and he was loving it. Matter of fact, he was loving it so much, he was talking out loud in the theater. He was like, ooh, ah, ooh, ah, 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 
what evangelism is about. You take people to a place that you feel good about. You take people to come and see something that you're excited about. And that's the way we should be living our lives. Come and see what I found. And if we don't feel that way, then we got to make some changes. You see, if you're bringing people to a group of individuals who found true joy and true happiness and you're living on the edge, then hey, people are going to say, well, I've never seen anything like this. But if you're bringing people to a group of depressed and non-trying people who have no hope, who have no future, and who are moaning and groaning, who wants to be a part of that? So we're going to strive to find true joy in Jesus Christ. Now hopefully I can get out of this first point. Because to me, this point is very, this is very important. Jesus says the thief's purpose in the New Living Translation is to steal and kill and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. Can you even write down on your notes, I'm living a rich and satisfying life. Praise God. So, well, you have a job you hope to have one day? No, not yet. Are you living a rich and satisfying life? Are you in the state of life right now you hope to be where you can say, I'm living a rich and satisfying life? See, Jesus said, Satan's trying to steal your joy. He's trying to steal your life. But I came to give you a rich and satisfying life. Don't let Satan take that away from you. Embrace this moment. Don't let another day, after you leave it, don't let another day go by wishing for something that you don't already have. Or that may not even be intended for you. Decide today, if I'm not happy, I'm going to get that way because I'm going to focus on eternal things. If you're not careful, you will spend your whole life wishing for a better job. Wishing for a better place to live. Wishing for a husband. Wishing for a car. Wishing for children. Hoping for retirement. Until you finally one day be left just wishing. And I tell you what, you don't have to live that way. Heartache, problems, and frustrations don't go away when you magically move into a little park. Or when you magically move to another city or another region or you get another job. They don't go away. They will follow you wherever you go. And so you've got to make sure that you find your true joy and fulfillment in God. How can we find, redefine the Edge ministry? By showing the world what true happiness looks like. Now some people are going to marvel that they have more than you, but you're happier than them. That's the way it should be. You know, one of my greatest examples in my life in this that blows me away is Apostle Paul. And I know we've talked about him and so many things, but you know, a lot of the things that he wrote, even the theme for this retreat, he wrote while he was in prison. Now, when I've never been in prison, and I had no desire at all. But if I went, it would 
be challenging for me. But wouldn't it be challenging for you? I mean, if you went to prison. I mean, I've seen prison on TV and different things. I go, that's not on my bucket list. That's not one of the things that I would ever want to do. But here he is. He's in prison. And while he's in prison, he writes the, he writes the Ephesian letter. He, walks, he writes the letter to the Colossians. He writes... Uh, the, the Philippian letter. I, did, I forgot to put that one in the list, but we'll come to that in a minute. And, oh, it is up there. I see, I see, I'm, I'm getting old. I can't even see what I wrote. Uh, and he wrote the Philemon letter. And, and when you read these things, you don't go, this is a letter from a guy in prison. Because when he wrote to the Ephesians, he said, he said, you were taught with regard to your former way of life, to put off the old self, which is being corrupted by deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds, and to put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and true holiness. So he tells the Ephesians, he says, put on a new self. Put on a new attitude. Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry. He's saying this before he's in prison. Don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. something that the world can't take away from you. Here's a quote. A pessimist sees only the dark side of the clouds and most. A philosopher sees both sides and shrugs. An optimist, really a Christian, doesn't see the clouds at all. He's walking on the clouds. That's what God calls us to do. To live lives above these things. You know, I think about the next letter he wrote, the letter to the Philippians. And he tells God, I'm in prison to do everything that I'm complaining about. How do you don't say that while you're in prison? And if, and if you are not in prison and you have issues, how do you want to combat that? What are you going to say? He goes in Philippians 4 4. Rejoice in the Lord. While he's in prison. You think your circumstances are challenging? This is true Christianity. True Christianity. He goes on and in Colossians, he tells them to clothe themselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. He tells them to forgive as the Lord has forgiven you. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts as you sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. And then he says, and as you sing with gratitude in your hearts to the Lord. I mean, he's in prison and he's telling other people, sing! Brothers and sisters, how could Paul be happy and joyful in prison? Because true happiness comes from living out in purpose and being connected with God. Here's another quote. Happiness does not depend on what happens outside of you. But what happens inside of you? You got God living in you. You have the Holy Spirit living in you. You have Jesus with you. You've been redeemed. You've got the best life. Are you, is, is it seen in the way you conduct yourself? 
Are, 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 are we living like we've been set free? Or like we're in prison? Like we've been delivered? And I didn't even mention the, the letter to Philemon, which is filled with so much love and so much encouragement. It's like, it, it's, it's where his heart is. Because he's found the secret to true happiness and joy. Now, I want to challenge you to put this in practice. And not somewhere down the road, but today. Today you got to dance like there's nobody watching. You know how you dance? At home when nobody's watching? Man, you, you Michael Jackson when you're home. Nobody's watching. But then when we see you, we go, oh God, have mercy. You got to love like you'll never be hurt. Open your heart up, love again. Don't hold back. You got to sing like there's nobody listening. You know, I'm singing sometimes. I know I sound just like Luther Vandross. I know I do. I'm all singing. I'm, I'm the song leader of my devotional, my personal title of God. And I'm better than any of the song leaders y'all got. When I'm having my time with the Lord. And you gotta live like it's heaven on earth. Start now. Show the world how to live. How to live life to the full as singles. Are you happy? Are you are you fulfilled? Is, 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 is your life what it needs to be? You know, I wish I could play this song for you. Let me see if I can play this song. Because, you know, what, what I got for you? I don't know what I got for you. Let, let me see if I, if I can pull up this song. I'm just going to play a little bit of it. If, if it'll come up. Here it is. Here it is. I see it. But it won't play. Oh, it is playing. Oh, sing it? Oh, no. That's Do that. Do that. Y'all know what this is? You don't know you can't guess yet?
sermons or things I did not understand. And people were jumping up and shouting and doing stuff for reasons I did not understand. And they told me that I was going to have to do that too if I wanted to become a part of the church. And I went, ain't no way I'm never going to do that. And when I went into, the, the, the first time I went into a church that was based on the Bible, Church of Christ in, in Raleigh, North Carolina, I saw something I'd never seen before. I saw men loving God, loving one another, who were filled with joy. And I said, I don't know what they got, but that's what I want. And it was something you can't get just in a relationship with God to say. It's something you're not going to get just through a job. It's something you're not going to get through just trying to find fulfillment in other things. I saw something I did not have. And the world out there is looking for what you have. Don't you forget that. He said, let's say I'm having some bad days. And sometimes life is hard. It's not as hard as their life is without Jesus. At least you can call on Jesus. At least you can cast all your anxieties on Him. So it's time. If you're not happy, it's time to get happy. Make that decision. If Paul can be happy in prison, what's holding you back? What's holding you back? My next, I'm going to make two more quick points. Be beautiful. Be beautiful. People Magazine named Julia Roberts as the world's most beautiful woman for the fifth time. There's controversy over that. There are people going, can't they come up with somebody else? Is it just her or Jennifer Aniston or can we, can we, can we come up with somebody else? I'm not getting into the church controversy because you might be a Julia Roberts fan. I don't know. But there is no controversy with God as the who's beautiful. And I think sometimes we get so insecure because we think we need to be like the world. Look at this scripture. Your beauty should not come from outward adornment, such as praying hair, and wearing a gold jewelry, and fine clothes. Instead, it should be that of your inner self, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is a great work in God's sight. But this is the way the holy women of the past who put their hope in God used to make themselves beautiful. I got news for you. If you're a disciple, sister, if you're in Jesus, you're a
Now, that's. Let me tell this to you. You can still work on how to do the
said that we, we all have talents and whatever talent you have, he wants you to use it to give glory to him. And, and, and you know, if you're going to make money, amen, glory to God. If you're going to do something awesome out there, be excellent, be your best, go for the aim. There's, there's nothing spiritual. And, and just being lazy and, and just saying, well, you know, I'm just not going to really try to get to the top. Nothing spiritual about it. We just strive for excellence. Matter of fact, the, the, in Colossians, he says, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart. It's working for the Lord, not for men. You know, I'm proud of, of the brothers and sisters that we have. That we've got people who've been summa cum laude, top of their class. You know, we've got people who've been cum laude. You know, we, we're proud of you. God, God is and then you got people like me who graduated thank you Lord I made it out of there but Lisa I did get a degree alright but what is he saying be successful and then take that success and bring it into the kingdom of God now Moses was raised by Pharaoh and God and he was taught many things being trained in Pharaoh's household. And then later on, when God called on, you know what he said? I don't know how to speak. I can't do it. Well, he been trained to lead. But yet, when God called him to lead in his kingdom, he was like, I don't know about you. And some of you are so awesome. In the, in the center, we walk into the office and, and, and people are calling you by names that we would never call you. I mean, you're a CPA and a CPO, and we just like, John. I mean, what? Come on, that's you? How can you be so awesome in the secular world? And we can't leave, guess you leave the Bible talking to you. Be successful spiritually as well. So your life can give glory to God. Are you with me there? And here's my, here's my encouragement to you. Get in your zone. What has God made you to be? What has God created you to be? What are you good at? You know, I went to school as an engineer. I was not good at engineering. Because I was not good with physics. You know, I was not good with engineering calculus. So you know what I did before I almost flunked out? I changed my major. Maybe you need to go and do something. 
that I can be. And man, if you just happen to be in the mail room, then you kill it like it's never been killed before. What does this, what does this thing say? If you can't be a pine on the top of the hill, we've heard this before. Be a scrub in the valley, but be the best little scrub by the side of the river. Be a bush if you can't be a tree. If you can't be a highway, just be a trail. If you can't be the sun, be a star. It isn't by size that you win in your favor. Be the best of whatever you want. That's how you redefine the edge ministry. Am I right? And let's encourage and pray for every disciple. Just be the best version of you. You don't need to be somebody else. You don't need to try to be somebody else. You just need to be the best version of you. Be successful. If you don't have a job, get one. If you're not happy with the job you have, then pray for God to bless you with the better. But you just make sure that you're advancing spiritually, secularly, in every area of your life to the glory of God. And then we'll see God glorified throughout this entire ministry. So here's what I want to leave you with. Be happy. Be beautiful. Be successful. Be the Edge Ministry reinvigorated, re-inspired, regenerated, redefined. The secret is not to change everybody else. The secret is to redefine you. And by redefining you, we can redefine the ministry. And God will be glorified. God bless all of you.